Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, podcast number 27. I'm your host, Brian. With me tonight from the grave, I'm getting, it's, I'm getting um, Mick. Mick, is that right? Mac. Mac! I'm you know, broadcasting from the frozen wastes and trackless snows of Lakewood, Colorado. <laughs> and of course, from hell itself, Ian. Damn, hell froze over? Yes, it did. Didn't wow. you get the memo? Uh, definitely feels like it's frozen over. So what's going on, guys? And we're going to get hit again here. With more snow? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you love it? I mean, I just I just completed the six-day dog sled trip to buy my wife some medicine, and now it's going to get again. You guys are that you're wussies. We are, we do not really get that much snow, and it's really not that cold for very long around here. You know, we've talked about the difference between your your car's clearance and my car's clearance. <laughs> oh, is that, is that what this is about? Is it about all about clearance? It's a lot about clearance. I've got like four inches of clearance, and you've got like a foot. Exactly. But you know, it's not how much clearance you have; it's how you use it. <laughs> Yeah, my clearance ends up being used a lot of the time as a sled. <laughs> Excellent. Yep, I've been there. Yeah, I don't have that problem, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because I have a gas-guzzling SUV. Amen, brother. You commie bastard. That commie. <laughs> it's the new un-Americanism. It's the new un-Americanism, damn it. Oh. <laughs> wow. So, uh, I have no real announcements this week. Um, oh, I... You've been working on playing for Skeptic Camp, though. You know what? I Do missed it. I, I was I was taking oh, care of it? kids, and I missed it. So I need to contact Rich and see how I can help out. Okay. I still plan on that, doing that, but I missed the meeting. Yeah, that's still in the works. It's we'll still in the works. update with a date and everything when that comes down the tube to us. Mm-hmm. All right. Is there anything else? Any other updates or anything going on? They can still check my story out at the 5th D if they want to. It's Absolutely. still up for another month. All right. People should do that. Oh, and of course, uh, Darwin Week is going on this week, so this will probably not be up till Wednesday, uh, but uh, and that'll be halfway through Darwin Week. But uh, just in case you do get this and you can make it up to Boulder, you should. So, so that's going on the SSASS, what is it? The Secular Students and Skeptics Society, right? Did I get it right? Right? Sounds right. All right, <clears throat> no one's here to correct me tonight. So I said how I like. <laughs> All right. Anything else before we move on to our astrology update? I got nothing. All right. I'm a Sagittarius, probably way more than you know. Yes. It tells us that you participate in the mass cultural delusion that the sun's apparent position relative to arbitrarily defined constellations at the time of your birth somehow affects your personality. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So last week, our last podcast, we talked about the 13th sign, Ophiuchus, which uh, apparently in the meantime, I found out actually how to pronounce is, in fact, Ophiuchus. 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 Alphicus. Oh, okay. Anyway, we found out about the 13th sign. Well, now the astrologers are saying, no, no, we don't want to rebuy all our books. No, it's not a 13th sign. Okay. Um, basically, who? the astrologers are saying that it's just uh, Astronomer Park Kungle's old hoax coming back up again. And they're saying that the Zodiac is not wrong. Your sign is not changing. Ignore the misinformation. And... Uh, your fake horoscope will remain as accurate as it was. Here's the thing: is that we're we're talking about the sun sign here, and this is the one thing that that nobody could ever give me a straight answer about. It's like, okay, so we have this sun sign. Why do we not have an Earth sign? Why do we not have a Terran sign? Why do we not have the the planet that we're born on sign? And it, it seems to me that when when they're trying to figure this out, it's you know the the sun's position relative to our planets because you look out on the horizon and you look at whatever. Um, you know, whatever constellations there. 
But the constellations, you know, I mean, they're arbitrary as to what you call them anyway. They could look right. like anything. So the the problem, and you know, I'm gonna, I'm I'm going to side with the astrologers here that they can make this up and make it any way that they want to. Right. Because as much as they want to call this a science. It's not a science. They've and done right now. They're definitely proving it's not a science because the information has changed. the The facts are not what they were claiming they are, and they're all saying, "Oh no, we don't need to change the way we're doing things because the facts stuff aren't what we've been saying." There, right there, that says we're not going to even pretend this to be anything close to a science. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing: is that like the other planets are basically they they look at the constellations in a radius from the sun and the position that the planet is in in that kind of radius you know kind of pointing at you know the different uh the different constellations is how they decide which one there are problem is is that that's all relative to the sun so the problem is is that when you're looking at the sun in the middle how are you going to choose a sign for that anyway theoretically if it is the center then it's in all constellations at all times anyway right true so the the whole thing as far as i can tell you know, is, is the sun sign is kind of arbitrary anyway, and they're saying right. that this is the uh, tropical uh, or tropicanic astrology. What do they, what do they call it? That there's two different astrological methods that they use, that they talk right. about. The uh, ones the Indian use and the one that the Western astrologers use, which is the um, the, the tropical. It's in one of these articles anyway. But you also hit on earlier the um, perception of the zodiac. The signs in the zodiac are different, and you know someone could look at the same stars and see a whole different thing. So, the, but the relative of them is, oh, hey, you know, the cancer's a crab, so it's a water sign. Why? Because so, one saw a crab there, so we'll relate it to water. You know, th there's no science to it being a water sign outside of someone said it's a crab. Well, okay, so, you know, going based on that, um, Scorpio is also a water sign. How do you figure? Yeah, you yeah. don't find a lot of scorpions in the water. You find those mainly in the desert. Right. So, so once again, now that's arbitrary. So, and it's the same with the fire signs. What the hell is a Sagittarius anyway? And why is it a fire yeah, sign? Yeah, what makes it a fire oh, sign? And then, of course, you have Mars, which was named after the god of war. And then it was like, oh, well, Mars is uh, anger. Anger. You have Venus named after the goddess of love. Oh, Venus, that'll have to do with love. It's like, okay, the names came first. Then you decided what they had to be associated with. That's not science. Well, it's odd that I, I'm pretty sure that Venus rules Libra, which is, you know, kind of balanced. Yet, I don't know. There's no balance. Well, I'm not sure if I'm a Libra anymore or not, so I have no idea if I'm going to buy it. <laughs> Well, you've never really been particularly into balance anyway, so we'd have to really look at your chart and see if there's anything conjuncting your uh, your sun sign that may arbitrarily affect the outcome of the sun sign in your chart. Yeah, don't waste your time. <laughs> but doesn't that sound good, the way that I put that together? I mean, it sounds very sciencey, doesn't it? it oh, does. yeah. Well, yeah. I have no idea what the hell you just said, but well, it definitely sounds sciencey. Well, here it is. It, well, it, if you've got something conjuncting you, then you have conjunctivitis. <laughs> That's right. And you know what? You also may have, you know, something squared or in a, you know, um, in a trying to or in a, you know, within 30 degrees. What do they, they call that? A, there's a conjunction. Then there's a square and then on and on and on. But, you know, well, it, it if, is, if it's set up so that somehow they could link you to every planet and every um, other zodiac side if they wanted to manipulate what it says. When they show when they show the chart, you you have uh, you have a circle drawn out. And then on the um, on the left side you have your ascendant sign, which is your rising, and on the right side you have your descendant general in charts that I've seen. And then the and then so you have a wheel, and the wheel is broken up into twelve houses. 
and the, and so those twelve houses um, are all relative to your um, to your ascendant sign, but the houses are also it also has to do with your longitude and latitude at the time of your birth. So they make they try and make it as sciencey as they can. Right, and that's why that they think that they can call it a science, but it's be- still based upon an arbitrary choice of what these particular group of stars look like. Right, exactly. So, well, but then they take you know to complicate things. You know, each each of the different planets is in each one of these houses. Each one of these houses represents something. So it colors if you want the energy of the, of the sign and the planet. So all three of those things go into forming how that reacts in your chart, as well as if there's a conjunction or a trine or a square or whatnot to that planet by another planet that can influence the way that it affects in your chart as well. So they make it very complicated, and this is one of the reasons that they say, well, you can't just go based on sun sign astrology because they have all this other stuff you know, that they want to sell books for. Right. You know, pay us and we'll make your chart and tell you exactly how you feel. Right, except for what I mean, the, uh, yeah, now you just need an interpreter for the chart, which, you know. <laughs> yeah. What is the uh the the every, the the position of everything in the chart and the book is called an ephemeris, right? Okay, so yeah, the ephemeris will show you right. yeah, they they make the ephemeris so that you can see the, that and but the ephemeris won't do your ascendant and descendant sign. It'll tell you which planets are in which are on in which sign at the time of your birth. So you look at the ephemeris, and then you have to you have to figure out the the ascendant and descendant signs and all the houses. And because we're off the equator, we can have bifurcated houses. So we can have you know Scorpio ruling two houses and and one sign not ruling another. Where if you're on the equator, that's you never going. So they do take into account your longitude and latitude at the time of birth. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot more into it than you probably wanted to get. Well, right now, you know, I, I'm I'm thinking. I don't know if anybody. I'm I'm thinking that this would make an interesting skeptic camp talk. So if people if people would be interested in the mechanics of astrology, I think that's something that I could definitely do and uh, and do that for skeptic camp. So it's one of the things that I am thinking about um, doing. You know, and really, you know, it's like people read the Bible, right? Even though we don't, even though I don't believe in the Bible, it, it's it's kind of fun to know about it because there is a lot of right. cool stuff going on there. Well, astrology to me is a lot the same way. Even though I don't believe astrology works, reading all the stuff and how they put all this together is really neat. And all the ways that they think that this justifies as science is kind of cool. The problem is, is that when it comes down to it, you know, they there's a lot of issues with you know proving that it works and they haven't been able to do that to my satisfaction and the other thing is i was listening to an astrologer and um it was an interview i think on the skeptic zone but it could have been the token skeptic with an astrologer and it was a skeptic zone and she was saying you know they asked the lady if you know she felt that it was it was the burden of proof of proving that this work was on her and she said no it's up to the skeptics to prove that it doesn't and so they they really want to transfer the burden of proof on to the people who say it doesn't work instead of taking the burden of proof onto themselves to prove that it worked so they don't want they don't want to do this and so if they want to leave right. the signs where they are you know they they, they already took Ophiuchus out and one of the one of the things that they say in here is that if you're going to include Ophiuchus there's 20 other constellations that we could add to this as well they they don't they don't need to complicate it more Let, let's just leave Ophiuchus out they can do what they've been doing for you know thousands of years and just leave it alone wow i was wordy on that one yeah uh, mac you, uh, you put these stories in here any opinion from you Hello. Did we lose him? Or did I put him to sleep? I probably put him to sleep is what happened. 
Uh oh. Anybody out there? Or he got mad at me and laughed. Doesn't sound quite like. No, it doesn't. Does it? No, I didn't get mad and leave. Oh, okay. I just had uh, I just had a phone call come in while we were podcasting. Sin of sins it was my mom. Oh well. I had to teach her how to read. Had to teach her how to do the 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 uh, DVR again. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it still flashing twelve? Is she no. a twelve o'clock flasher? No, not in this okay. case. But they. They can't. Uh, they have trouble getting shows. To my uh, my nephew is actually going to be on the Today Show, and it looks like now it's going to be on Wednesday that he's going to be on the Today Show for some photographs that he took during a red book. Oh, okay, that's cool. cool. Very good. Yeah, it is very cool. All right. And, so you know, I I, I I heard the discussion as I was talking to my mom, but the bottom line is I still don't know what characteristic somebody born under the sign of Ophiuchus is, is supposed to have. Well, that's interesting because it's certainly not in any of my books, and I no, and, and it's and, not in this article that I was looking up that says the meaning Ophiuchus here. Well, and all well, the more reason that they don't want to change it. Now they have to. Now they have to write all that. All the books have to yeah. be written. But on the other hand, some for some astrologer, this could mean a lot of money, and they can make a yeah, lot of money sure. by making all this stuff up. Oh, I like this though. On this, on this, on this article about uh, the meaning of Ophiuchus, they had a comment on here. Somebody posted on here: "Chaos has been unleashed upon the world as the thirteenth sign emerges. The thirteenth sign, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Hugh Jackman, <laughs> in theaters this April." <laughs> well, I love if you if you've seen any of the TV interviews and stuff that are going on about this. People really are upset over the possibility that the signs may have changed. They're yeah. really you know adamant about no, I'm still in Aries, I'm still whatever. It's like, is it really that big of a part of your life? You know what? For a lot of people, it is. They define yeah. themselves by their sign. Well, you know, you grow up. You know, you grow up, and you know, as you grow up, you're thinking of yourself. You know, I am this sign, and you look for correlations. Even even after, you know, even at this point where we're looking at it saying, okay, this is really kind of a joke, there's still a part of me that says, I'm an Aries. Okay. But and I've always been an Aries. Listen, when you read the, I mean, I, I could pull an astrology book out and I could read stuff to you. And, you know, you'd go, oh, well, that makes sense that it's me. Oh, that makes sense that it's me. I mean, it's. And you could pull it off of any sign. It, well, exactly. Now, on the other hand, there are some stuff that, like, because I've studied this so much, when somebody reads something, I can say, oh, they're probably talking about a Virgo, or they're talking about, you know, I, I because I know that the... Um, um, the different signs and what their kind of stereotypes are. And so some of these books are written very much to certain stereotypes. And so that, then it's easier to pull the stuff out and say, oh, well, that's definitely this. But then once again, even though it applies to a certain stereotype of the sign, it's so general that it, it can apply to anybody. In fact, I was I was doing that. I was going through the book, and um, and maybe we'll do this some other time. Is I'm going to pull some pieces out of the book, and then I'll read them to you guys and have you guess which sign they belong to. I think it'll be fun. Okay. So, so Ian, tell us okay. why... Buy a Happy Meal, go to jail. I'm okay, sorry, you know what? Kind of a follow-up to this. I, I was going to say, I said I was the host tonight. I was wrong. Uh, it's definitely uh, Mick that's the host tonight. <laughs> yes. Okay. So anyway, um, somewhat a follow-up to the San Francisco Happy Meal ban issue. Um, and I found it through the same um, blogger who I found the, some of the San Francisco stuff. But this one goes even deeper than just saying that um, you can't have a toy with them. This is some lawyers are actually out there trying to make it illegal for McDonald's to have Happy Meals. I and don't the think logic, they're actually they're trying. Hold on a second, Ian. From reading the article, I don't think they are trying to make it illegal. They're saying it's already illegal. They're well, saying oh, yeah, that it's but, already but the, unlawful for that to happen. They're trying to get Congress to officially recognize. Now, the okay. logic here is... Uh, according to, um, I feel what group it is. I thought I had it written down here. Um, uh, one group, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Anyways, the logic is that any children under the age of eight, oh, here it is, the um, Academy of Pediatrics uh, basically says that 
Um, because children don't have the cognitive capacity to understand that they are being marketed to, it is deceptive to market things to them, and therefore should be considered illegal because deceptive marketing is illegal. Wow, that you know, I mean, I <laughs> there's a lot there that I agree with, but man, I think that they're kind of stretching it there. Yeah, well, you know, by that logic. Half the cartoons that we grew up right. with? No, all the cartoons we grew up with. Name one of them that wasn't marketing. Just well, <laughs> I, I watched some cartoons prior to the the uh, the dawn of He-Man, which was I watched True. cartoons prior to the dawn of He-Man that were not marketing. They were just cartoons. But you know, everything past He-Man, Transformers, GI Joe, yeah. everything on that, everything from there on out has had a toy attached to it. Right, and, and then that, stuff like. Bikes, bicycle. Bicycles are painted with like flame decals, other stuff that looks really cool. Guess what? That's marketing towards children because they want their bikes to look cool because the kids will see them and say, oh, that's a cool bike. I want it. And that's so, false marketing because the bike doesn't actually flame. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so bikes all need to be plain. You can't paint them. You know, there's so many things by saying you can't market to kids. It's like, okay, uh, where do you start? Where do you stop? Because... I mean, can they produce toys anymore by this logic? Because toys are directly marketed towards kids. Yeah. They have colorful packaging to attract the kids' eyes. They are stuff that they figure the kids will want. You know, it's like, so I, this really, the whole concept bothers because. Well, they can only you know, produce toys for adult collectors now. Yeah. Which, I, you know, suits me fine. <laughs> And then stuff like, to me, the Happy Meal is, I, I wouldn't consider it marketing towards kids. It's marketing towards family because as a parent, I look for restaurants that have, you know, stuff for my kids. I, I like going to restaurants that have a kid's menu that they will give them um, something to do while they eat. That's, a fa- to me, a family thing because that's saying they want the family to come in. Yeah, see, and I okay. and I will look for the opposite. I will look for places that don't have toys. I don't care about, you know, the little puzzles and stuff, and it's, and it's really actually kind of cool if I can do this with the kids. But I will look for stuff that um, for places to take the kids that isn't overly gimmicky. So well, this one's gimmicky. going on the books as a Cracker Jack law? Uh, well, it's, it's not a law yet. Be, they're trying to say the law should say that. Oh, right. I understand that. Yet. And the, the meat of this is essentially saying that because children do not understand the principle that people want them to buy things, that this is what marketing is, that therefore it should be illegal to market. Well, I get this brings up a really good point. Will, during you know cartoons, will they have to stop showing advertisements if this if this Every were to be the case? Well, now, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Um, it's actually my understanding is it is it is actually against regulations for cartoons to show advertisements that are based on the toy that the cartoon is about. Yeah, but so what? I mean, it doesn't but, matter. It, every time yeah. you see a McDonald's cartoon during or commercial during these cartoons, I mean, the the kids see that, and it makes them but, want to go to McDonald's. Yeah. Even yeah. if you want to try and defend kids programming, which all kids programming nowadays is marketing. Outside of that, the advertisements during the kids programming is marketing directed towards kids. You tell the advertising, "Hey, guess what? You guys can't market towards kids." Everyone's gonna be like, "Well, okay. Well, there's gonna be no one left to buy ad space during kids shows. In which case." If no one's paying for the kids' shows to be aired, they're not going to get aired. What we're looking at here is basically the Comic Code Authority coming back up again. Um, the uh, Back in the late late 50s, early 60s, I believe it was, the Comic Code Authority came into being because the 
the uh, there was a there was legislation put into place talking about the seduction of the innocent and right. talking about content that could not be allowed in comic books purchasable by children. And so and the Comic Code Authority became magazine. Well, and the, the Comic Code Authority was a self a self regulating seal that the comic producers would put on there saying, okay, this comic is, ch- right. is child-friendly. And one of the most famous oh. examples of not being used was, I guess, a couple issues of Spider-Man that dealt with Harry Osborn um, overdosing on drugs uh, because they dealt with drugs. They didn't deal with it in a positive manner. They dealt with drugs honestly mm-hmm. in, in a way saying, hey, these aren't good things. These can really screw you up. But because they dealt with the drugs, they couldn't um, have the comic code on those issues. So they had a couple issues without the comic code during the time where everyone had to have that. But the sales weren't hurt at all, and you know it's somewhat yep. historic. And now the and now the Comic Code Authority seal, which has been getting smaller and smaller over time, to the point where it's nearly microscopic. Now you just don't find it anymore. I think yeah. that the last person to use the Comic Code Authority, or the last publisher to use it, was was DC Detective Comics, and I think they are no longer using it as well. There was a uh, there was a web comic that I referenced when I was talking to you, Ian, where. They, uh, they show Superman seeing the sign that DC is no longer using the Comic Code Authority. He takes off his Clark Kent glasses. Oh. He says, about damn time. He flies over to LexCorp, walks up to Luther and says, Lex, just go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. You did send that to me. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, wouldn't you think that this is kind of liberalism gone too far? Yes. Yeah, it is liberalism gone too far. Um and that's one thing that worries me about it. They're aiming at McDonald's because McDonald's is a great target. Um, you know, it's big enough. It'll get them their attention. But if it, if they're actually able to get backing on this, there's so many other places it can go. Where will it stop? Because it will start controlling the media. It will start controlling all sorts of other things that the, these people are saying, hey, you know what? I don't like that. It's more, I've decided it's um, a foreign market towards kids I don't like and go after it. And it will limit our choices. It will limit... The creativity that's out there will limit so much. Yeah. I, you know, the thing of it is, though, it's also a bad target to go after because the arches are nigh on to invincible. It's like attacking the mouse. <laughs> well, and that's the next thing. I mean, Disney in itself is nothing but 100% pure marketing towards kids. Well, yeah. You know, they would be next on this. It's <laughs> funny because the Baptists have got it out for Disney. <laughs> yeah, the, the mouse is bulletproof. I'm afraid the mouse is just absolutely bulletproof. He, the mouse can do no wrong. Even the... Stuff my niece was watching today. Poor 3D and poorly plotted out stories. And Donald Duck was a lot funnier for his anger management process. That's what I've got to say. <laughs> anyway. So, but the bottom line is here is that people are, people are, I mean, it, I don't know. I guess I don't actually understand quite what they're getting at. Is the problem is marketing to, to children or is it marketing to parents that's the problem? Well, because they're saying marketing to children is, they're, they're not even saying marketing to children should be illegal. They're saying marketing to children is already illegal. We just want yeah. you to notice it. I mean, the, the, this idea that, here's the problem is that kids are going to see this stuff all the time. And if they're seeing a commercialism like this it's up to the parent to to help them and guide them and i would never say i don't want my kids to see this stuff because i don't want to explain it to them that's well, ridiculous that's what, hey now, so now we've touched on some controversial subjects but talking about parental responsibility to children is going to get us kicked off the- <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of the problem with the extreme liberal side right now is they do seem to be pushing this agenda of well, we're going to tell you how to parent your kids the best because we're going to tell you what to, what we, as a small part of society, want you to control. We don't want your kids exposed to this stuff because, you know... And the same thing can be found on extreme conservative, the extreme conservative side, but it's, 
done different. Well, yeah, no, I mean, they had their issues. all saying, we don't think you're smart enough to do what's good for you. So we'll come up with what's good for you, and we'll tell you it's good for you, so you don't have to be smart enough. Well, see, but both right. sides want to do this. They both have their yeah. pet yeah, peeves absolutely. issues. So the right doesn't want us to have sex, and the left doesn't want us to have toys. Yes. <laughs> So the problem is that sex toys are in big trouble here. <laughs> yeah, I don't think those nice. are for children. Nice. Except for right, probably nice. the Hello Kitty vibrator that's out there. But You know, I um, haven't used Hello Kitty vibrator, so I can't say how effective or not effective it is. <laughs> okay. Um, Ian, Brian, by the way, on the subject of... Uh, on the subject of Taking away, taking away our free thought process. Did you guys happen to? I know Brian, you got the obituary I sent you. I have not read it. I am sorry. Okay. All right. Basically, do you want me to go ahead and read through it right now? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. That. Yeah. No. Okay. No, let him okay. go. Go for it. It's an obituary for common sense. Hold on one second. Let me find it in yeah. my email. However, it does have a fairly strong conservative tilt to it. That's it okay. does, but, but it it actually it you know what. It's, it's pretty good. It says, obituary printed in the London Times. When did common sense die? Did anyone notice it was gone? Today we mourn the passing of a beloved old friend, common sense, who has been with us for many years. No one knows for sure how old he was since his birth records were long ago lost in bureaucratic red tape. He will be remembered as having cultivated such valuable lessons as knowing when to come out of the rain, why the early bird gets the work, life isn't fair, and maybe it was my fault. Common sense lived by simple, sound financial policies, don't spend more than you can earn, and reliable strategies. Adults, not children, are in charge. His health began to deteriorate rapidly when well-intentioned but overbearing regulations were set in place. Reports of a six-year-old boy charged with sexual harassment for kissing a classmate, teens suspended from school for using mouthwash after lunch, and a teacher fired for reprimanding an unruly student, only worsened his condition. Common sense lost ground when parents attacked teachers for doing the job that they themselves had failed to do in disciplining their unruly children. It declined even further when schools were required to get parental consent to administer sun lotion or an aspirin to a student, but could not inform parents when a student became pregnant and wanted to have an abortion. Common sense lost the will to live as the churches became businesses and criminals received better treatment than their victims. Common sense took a beating when you couldn't defend yourself from a burglar in your own home and the burglar could sue your assault. Common sense finally gave up to live after a woman failed to realize that a steaming cup of coffee was hot. She spilled a little in her lap and was promptly awarded a huge settlement. Common sense was preceded in death by his parents, truth and trust, and his wife, discretion, by his daughter, responsibility, and by his son, reason. He is is survived by his four stepbrothers. I know my rights. I want it now. Someone else is to blame, and I'm a... Not many attended his funeral because so few realized he was gone. If you still remember him, pass this on. You know... Moving. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I don't feel maybe the, I, I guess I don't see the con- big conservative meant there. And if it, and if it is, then uh, you'll have to count me in because most of that I, I kind of agree with. Well, no, there's a fair yeah, amount of good stuff in there, but the, I, if they, if you're saying that's conservative, conservative, I have to be a conservative too. I'm not saying it has to be conservative. I think they could have worded it more um, neutral. What but point you don't you at, like? If you look at the cases I looked at, like um, the issues with a teacher disciplining unruly kids, I actually do have a problem with that. I don't want my kid being spanked or something or slapped. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They the didn't teacher. say that. They said discipline. How did she discipline the kid? 
that, that, that they didn't go into okay. detail. I because did, generally... teachers do need to keep control of their class, and they, they may need to discipline. Now, there are certain methods that are not okay for the discipline. They cannot right. touch and, my child. And it didn't say that anybody touched the child. They just said they disciplined. So I don't know which, which case they're the referring problem. to. Right. Okay. Then there was also the one about um, you have to get the parents' permission for aspirin and suntan lotion, but you can't tell them about the pregnancy. I actually agree with if, if a student comes to some uh, um, the faculty in a position of trust says, hey, listen, I'm pregnant. Think about getting an abortion. It is not the, te- the faculty's um, right to interfere with that because you, they don't know the um, relationship at home. I but, know of women okay, who have but, basically been disowned by their families because they um, got pregnant. Oh, okay. And you you heard um, stories of abuse and stuff over this stuff. And there is a level of, no, they can't go and inform the parents on certain things because there's a confidentiality thing. It is actually, you know, they could make things worse. Okay, I agree with that, that that, that yeah. should be okay. But I don't and have I, a problem with them, with them having to ask the parent before giving the kid aspirin because that is a medicine and if right. there is some any sort of allergic reaction, I they, then the parent should have been be informed. I, I that one I agree with. I also right. agree that if a if a student and a teacher have a discussion about abortion, that they should not have to tell the parent that that and but but the, but that's a fine line for a teacher to walk if they right. choose yes. to walk that line. Um, and yeah. if either of you two boys do turn up pregnant, I want to know about it too. <laughs> But you know what? The one thing, the one that I really agree with in here that I always thought was stupid is the woman who spilled hot coffee on herself from McDonald's and sued. That woman was stupid. She should never have gotten any sort of settlement. That is ridiculous. Well, maybe she was just ignorant of the physics of brownie ocean. (laughs) Not stupid, but. No, no, no. That was a bullshit case. Yes, it was. But. All right. You know, let's let's move on. I want to talk about guns. I bet you do. But do you want to talk about skin guns or nine millimeters? Because I'll do either. I'll talk about a nine millimeter skin gun. I've got. One, I don't have. I mainly one. want to talk about the skin gun. Okay, you go ahead and talk about the skin. All right. So this is a device, and there are. I'm I'm not a hundred percent happy with this because all the stuff I went to look at on this all references the same video, and it's a it's an excerpt from a National Geographic special coming up, but. Essentially, this is a device that can spray extracted stem cells from the person's own stem cells onto a burn or a wound to cause rapid skin healing. Um, I love the idea. I think that well, is the basics, absolutely great. The basics have been there. Um, it, it, it's not uncommon to use skin as a bandage for um, severe burns. Okay, but what they're right, talking so. about is they're talking about taking a sample of somebody's skin cells, growing them in a lab, putting them into a solution, and spraying them back onto the wound. I don't know for sure that that will work. And and which is fine, but the other problem I had with this is how long does it take to generate that many skin cells? They said it only takes this? an hour and a half. That's my process. problem. That's my problem. Is and maybe that's my own ignorance here. Is that I don't. I, that seems awfully quick. Well, to you don't me. need to generate the cells. They take the cells off. They said off a, a healthy part of your body. They take the cells from there and then they no 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 no. They take they're a sample. Extracting, yeah. They're extracting stem cells right to grow new skin. There and and these are specifically skin stem. cells. Right. I, I thought they actually took skin set no these are I have, I have some specific problems with the video that I watched I I love the idea as I said but the specific problems I had with the video that I watched is we're introduced to this man who was at a party and somebody threw a cup of gasoline on the fire <laughs> his right arm and the right side of his face and his ear got roasted got second degree burns is what right. told but 
we're introduced to a charred arm, and we're told this is what his arm might have looked. So we don't actually see before and after of him. We see what he might have looked like for, and then we see him a week later. He's not entirely healed. He looks like he has a bad sunburn, but he is not dealing with second-degree burns, and he's not dealing with heavy scarring. Well, and the other problem I had is that if it hit his ear... And it was as hot as they say. Wouldn't that have done cartilage damage? And that was this, a thought I had as yeah. well. So, but um, you know, I'm looking at this, going, okay, this is like showing me a weight loss ad and saying this is the after, and this is a person who was as heavy as the person who's after is was before. So you're not seeing the before and after of the person. You're seeing what he might have looked and what he looks like now. Well, the other problem I had was four days. That seems awfully quick because if you get a cut, it doesn't heal in four days. So apparently these stem cells are absolutely amazing at regenerating the skin. Yes. So I mean, hell, I want to use stem cells next time I get a cut. Well, that's what I was thinking because if you get any sort of – Paper cut, give me stem cells. Exactly. Any sort of scrape or anything like that, you know, any sort of, you know – And if you get surgery – yeah, it sounds like technology that may, you know, if it really does work, it could take off. Yeah, if it does work. If it the does work. The only question I've got is just simply, where's your before and after? Where's your where's your proof of process? It's the 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 cut from the National Geographic, a National Geographic video actually almost came across like a commercial, but. Mm. I hope that the technology actually does work as well as they say. Well, the other problem I had – so I went looking for registered clinical trials because if this thing actually exists and people are testing it, they should be registering clinical trials to test it. I didn't find any. I did find an article that makes a reference to the fact that they'll be doing clinical trials in China, but it doesn't explain to me why they're using this on people and I ha- and I can't find any records of it ever even been being tested on an animal. That's because animals don't have stem cells oh, or souls. Right. Plants have stem cells, however. So th- it was an interesting article, but now I was reading one of these, and there was a comment on there where, where somebody says, why are liberals so anti-science? It's clear that you know <laughs> these types of stem cells work, and I just about choked. <laughs> yeah, I love the comments on the second one too because every comment on there was from – you know, apparently conservatives, right wing, right wing Christians who are talking about, well, this is this is proof that you don't need embryonic skin cells. Right. And so here is here's a clear indication that these people are ignorant of the process. So, yes, there has been a lot of really good work with skin stem cells from mice that they've been able to turn back into sperm. Um, there is another there's an, um, another incident where they used um skin cells to regenerate heart valve think um that they were able to make them back into embryonic and then use them for other purposes or at least that's um some work that's in the works um that they were talking about on science friday but one Mm -hmm. of the key things is here is that for us to re-engineer a skin stem cell and take it back to an embryonic state and then use it for something else is that we need to have a baseline to work from. So we yes. need to have the original embry- embryonic stem cells to work with to know what the baseline is that we have to get back to. So this isn't just a question of stop doing embryonic stem cells because other, something else will work. That's great if we can use this something else. But first we have to start with the baseline. And the only way to yep. get that baseline is with embryonic stem stem cell research. It doesn't end just because we found other ways ways to make pluripotent stem cells. Be- Brian? Yes. Embryonic stem cells kill base. <laughs> mm. 
No, they prevent no. medical waste. Yeah, exactly. That's all that they're doing is preventing medical waste. So, so that, that was interesting. You know, there's there is definitely a lot of confusion, and I don't think that this has been addressed properly. I don't know how the you know because the media skips over the fact that you know we, how this actually works and what the process actually is. That they've totally ignored that. Right. So you know, I sometimes I get so depressed with this stuff that I just want to take a take a massive overdose of homeopathic medicine. Do you? Well, we've done that actually. I know. Huge sugar rush too. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> All right. So mass drug overdose, none dead, Brian. Yeah. So what was going? The ten twenty three campaign was putting together some. I thought it was going on in February fifth that they were trying to get everybody to come out and do a homeopathic overdose. That would have been last Saturday, I think. And I, I didn't get anything put together. I thought about it, but I couldn't get it together in time. But so they, they went out and they did this overdose. And you know, there's some there's some complaints about this. People, well, particularly from the homeopaths, saying that these people don't they, they're missing the um, what homeo, homeopaths would how they're supposed to work. And the thing about this is that no, we know exactly how you say they're supposed to work. The problem is that they don't. We've done the research. We understand Hahnemann's laws. And so for the most part, I don't know. I, I do kind of have mixed feelings about this because if you see a whole bunch of people taking overdose of medications, well, it, it, it pretty much brings into question whether or not they work. But on the other hand, what if somebody decided to do this with something else? Too? So I, I have mixed feelings about it. You've got to be sure that you're actually getting homeopathic products. And the, in, in the States, that's actually kind of difficult because we don't have – you know. In England and in Australia, they have boots and pharmacies that, that you know pr- produce this stuff and they put it out. Here in the States, a lot, when I go and look at these homeopathic products in the stores, I question whether or not – I mean whether or not they're really homeopathic because there's 2X solutions. They're real low. They have active substances in some of these, so they're kind of mm. scary. So you've got to be very careful when you're doing these overdoses, particularly in the States, that you're getting the right thing. So now after this went on, James Randi has put out a formal challenge to the makers of homeopathic medicine uh, that are manufacturing these products and is asking for them to come out and prove that they work. And he gave out very specific um, – you know, he called out Walmart and Rite Aid and these different pharmacies as well, encouraging them to take these products off the shelf because they're not medicine. Um, he called out some of the manufacturers saying, come prove that they work. I've got a million dollars here waiting if you can prove that they work based on homeopathic principles. Well, he's been saying this for years, and and I, I think it's great that he's out there doing it. But as usual, who's going to take him up on it? No takers. That's what I thought. Right. This falls upon deaf ears at some point because at some point where th- this becomes one of those issues where we are really preaching to the choir. We're not getting, we're not making the penetration that we need to. Now we are getting a little bit more coverage in the news and stuff like that, and I and I think that. They're in unique positions where they have socialized medicine because socialized medicine is, is set up to um, to pay for these things. Here in the States, it isn't quite the same. You might have health coverage that covers them, but it isn't like everybody's does. And a lot of the stuff you do off of your regular um, insurance anyway, you go to these you know natural paths and stuff like that and these other, uh, other homeopaths that prescribe this stuff. So it's different here in the States. I, I don't really know what – you know. it seems to have a pretty big penetration, but I don't know – if these if these kinds of things are reaching the people that need to be reached anymore, I mean they've certainly reached a lot of people, but I question whether or not we've just kind of saturated this uh, amongst you know the, the people who already know. You know, all you can do is keep talking about it in hopes that somebody's listening. Yeah, and I agree with that. I'm not saying that they shouldn't do that, but man, it's just I wish that we could find a way to make a little bit bigger impact. But I don't have an answer for that. 
Do you have an answer for holographic wristbands? I do have an answer for holographic wristbands. <laughs> so now, and the reason that you know this one, you know, it's, it's funny because we we go right into right into the home, you know from homeopathy into more more placebos, the homeopathic wristbands. But now these are the the testing on these. This particular trial had forty two people. They took um, the the power balance wristbands. They and they they tested them. And they took out the hologram on one, and on the other they left it on. And what was really cool about the testing that they did here is that there wasn't even a placebo effect. Because these people, the, the way that they did the testing, um, these chiropractors had all of this uh, equipment to, so they could test people and they could test you know, balance and, and different stuff like that. And I, I think that was pretty much just balance. I don't think they tested strength or – Yeah, that's what they even said. They, they even tested balance. Yeah, they, so they – But I like the fact – I like the fact a lot that they used a – a impartial machine to test the stuff. Right. And so by doing that, they weren't asking people, did you feel like you had better balance? Did you feel more stable? They did. So it wasn't based on people's perception. So by doing that, there was no placebo effect. It either worked or didn't, and it didn't work. And that was the bottom line of this testing, that they showed no result from, from the wristband whatsoever. And I like the fact that in the double-blind study, it looks like by what I'm seeing in the in the illustration, at least, it looks like they actually covered up the hologram. Yeah, well, they, they had three right. different ones. They had one that was nothing. They had one that was the power balance with the hologram taken out and pieces of metal put in so it felt safe. And then they right. had the um, unaltered power balance. But they covered up the, where the holograms would be so that they could... Right. So well, they always do. No. I've seen people yeah. put them on backwards so that you can't see if there's a hologram there. And But I've seen a lot of other testing where they just covered up completely so there's no way that you could know. So, so there you go. So, I mean, but once again... You know, well, but this one is making good media penetration. We're we're hearing now in the media, power balance doesn't work. So this is great. So we'll we'll see. I I am interested to see if this actually hurts power balance's sales. Um, I mean, maybe they will go away. But there's so many knockoff products to power balance now. What yeah. is RMIT University? I don't know actually. I um, but uh, I think like they're they're they teach chiropractic. I think. Okay, but it looks like it's in Australia. Yes, based it is. upon the uh, okay. Yeah, it is. And uh, in fact, I heard an interview with these um, with this gentleman who did the testing on the Token Skeptic podcast. So if you want more information, head on over to the Token Skeptic. Um, th- that was a very good interview that she did. And when I say she, I wish I could remember her name. Ah, Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology. It's go. an Australian public university. It has two branches. One is in Australia. The other one is RMIT International in Vietnam. No, oh, there you go. So, all right. So, Ian. Okay. If if there was some sort of secret atheist message in the right, would you tell us about it? Well, Anthony Hopkins apparently out there trying to tell everyone about it. I, and th- well, then it's not article. really a secret, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like this article on several levels. One, it shows how um, – Alternate ideas such as atheism is become is getting put into um, film sets and you know more accepting. I also loved a lot of the quotes, but that's not surprising. You know, if you've ever seen Anthony Hopkins in an interview, he's definitely a brilliant man. Mm-hmm. But um, so the quote he basically in the movie the um the right he's playing an older priest dealing with um exorcism sets and I guess the twist is his character doesn't necessarily believe in the demons and such. And he he wanted to put in a line that reflected his own personal beliefs, 
within the character. And so he's, the line is talking to a young priest and talks about doubt. And the young priest like, you have doubts? And the, apparently the line he put in, oh yeah, every day I struggle, most days. Some days I don't know if I believe in God or Santa Claus or Tinkerbell. And I, I haven't even seen the movie, yet this character it suddenly becomes so believable to me with just that line. Because, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if there were priests that actually had doubts like that, but weren't able to really voice them too often because of fear, you know, that they'd um, get in some serious trouble. But it, it's a very human doubt to have. And it makes a whole lot of sense that just, you know, you, you have to have doubts. You have to be questioning stuff. But a lot of them can't admit it. And so, to, you know, I, I love the idea of a priest character admitting the doubts in that manner. So, you know, I, it's, it's a real, like I said, I haven't even seen the movie yet. The role itself is a very human role to me, a very well-done role without ever having seen it, just knowing that that line got put in. You know, the thing of it is the the title of the article is a bit of a, it's a bit of a, uh, it's a bit of a tease because yeah. it's not a secret atheist message. It's simply somebody's agnosticism being voiced in the character. And agnosticism and atheism are two very different things. True. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, and, yeah. You know, honestly, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Because, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It depends on your definitions well. But, uh, you know, I like the fact, though, you know, the uh, the article didn't really affect my beliefs one way or the other. I like the way he phrased it. I like what he said, but it didn't it didn't alter my beliefs. I do like the fact though that maybe this will take people who are out there questioning their beliefs and it'll give them something to feel a little bit better about. The we've got such a huge cult of celebrity in this country. And you know, celebrities lead us to do the dumbest things in the world. Red string on the wrist, don't vaccinate your children, um, the secret it's nice to see a celebrity who's saying it's okay, okay to question beliefs and it's okay to, to think yourself. Well, you also had a line where was, I would hate to live in a world of certain. I did know, like that. Where you were, you know, you know it all. Everything, you know, and then uh, someone goes back to the astrology thing earlier. You know, th- those astrologists, they know it all. They're certain. You can't tell them that things have changed because, no, they're, they're certain. They know the rules. And you get that a lot in belief. Is everyone's certain they know the rules, and no matter what, you can't convince them that things aren't the way they want them to be. Well, that's and, in li- there lies the problem. Whenever somebody says, "Well, you can't tell me that that's not true," right? So, you know, that, like I said, that's one thing that really I liked about the article is Anthony Hopkins comes off as a really brilliant man with you know looking at a, a you know more in depth idea of where he'd like to take the character and say, "I'm adding myself to it because you know." It's a good thing to be uncertain because that makes you ask questions, that makes you doubt, that makes you look further into things, that makes you truly seek the truth. So, and that's why I put it in yeah. there. No, I think it was good. You know, I, I just have a, I have a serious problem with people basing their beliefs on ce- what celebrities say. And we see this right. so much that it's just such, it's just so irritating. And, you know, this particular article I liked because it encouraged questioning. And he said, you know, this is what I think, but I'm not certain about it. And, you know, and, and he goes on from there. So he leaves it open for questioning and he encourages leaving things open for questioning. So I kind of like that message much better than don't vaccinate your kids. <laughs> right. You know, it, it's interesting. I'm, I'm looking at the comments to this article and it goes into celebrity bashing and basically saying that basically equating somebody being agnostic or atheist with being immoral and greedy. So That's not surprising. Yeah, well, they, they always want to do that. But the problem is, you know, it's funny. I'm reading a book right now, 
that's called Doubt, which is the history of doubt throughout time. And it, and it really covers how throughout time the people who doubted the existence of God were actually quite moral, which w- – is an interesting well, place were... to be. Now, Anthony Hopkins does say you know, that he's talking about people who got it right, and he includes Hitler as an atheist. Hitler was not an atheist, and this – he was a Catholic to the end. He never renounced it, and he was supported by the Catholic Church. So, Well, at least Hitler wasn't a witch doctor. Yeah, at least Hitler wasn't a witch doctor. You know, I'm so tired of these stories. So, But yeah, I'm going to – I'm going to I'm gonna put them in every time <laughs> there's anything about an exorcism, it will be in here because every time I read one of these stories, these are kids getting killed. These are not adults getting killed. These are kids that are getting Actually, killed. Actually, last podcast, it wasn't a good adult. Right. Well, this well case, okay, yes, it was. Okay. Some of the other stuff where it was just neglect. This, they, they actually performed what killed them, try and save them. Right, exactly. They, they, were, they, they were killed through uh, asphyxiation by a fire. Don't forget the burns. <clears throat> well, of course, yeah, and the, and the burns. So these things are sick. I mean, but we keep, uh, and you're right. So not every time is it a kid, but it seems like a lot of time. I mean, the one I found previously was a woman who. Who's, was trampled to death by her family. Right, that was the but there was one before that, um that I don't think I put it in here. Um but she was she had killed her son. Um say, he was saying she was he was possessed by a demon and she tried to force force oil and vinegar down him and he spit it out and she held her 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 hand over his mouth for ten minutes and asphyxiated him. Then made the daughter um, do a prayer over the body, wrap it up, and put it in a cabinet. And then she proceeded for the next 13 months to run from her family and anybody else who might know that the child was missing. And finally, the mother caught up with her, did a werefeld, werefeld asked the, the police to do a welfare check on the child to see, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that her, her grandchildren were okay. And then we find that the kid is dead, and she claims that she was, that she had, that they were possessed by a demon, she was trying to exercise it. So, and then hey, don't then, forget then the, the don't forget the actor who was trying who's trying to drive the demons out of her mother out of his mother with the uh, with the masons. Well, yeah, there you go. So I mean, okay, so every one of these stories is tragic. Let me just put it to you that way. But a lot of times we see kids getting killed with these kinds of beliefs. Yes, occasionally it is adults, but I think it's majority. More often, it's kids because yeah, they can't help themselves. They can't well. protect themselves. And so we have a story here where these kids were basically roasted for all intents and purposes, died from asphyxiation, you know, and, and because they were trying to get the demons out of them. They were sick. Take them to a doctor. But instead, no, there there's a demon that's making them sick. we got to get the demon out. I'm, and I, oh. reading the article, it sounds like the witch doctor came up with the demon that he needed to get out of the kids because he owed her brother a debt. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. And he was trying to do a job. I mean, it says here... The witch doctor said, did, decided he was going to do his spell for him because he was he's jobless. So, right. So you know, I, I had this discussion with Phil Plate about the exorcism. He said, and he told me, "Good luck." That's the Catholic Church, but it's not the Catholic Church that I specifically have a problem with when it comes to exorcism because it doesn't seem like they're the ones killing them. It's all the amateurs that are killing people in exorcisms. That's true. The Catholic Church, as far as exorcisms go, their exorcisms may not exactly be gentle, but at least they're not uh, not generally speaking not not lethal. Right. I, I I haven't seen a specific case where it is a Catholic priest that's killed anybody. It's always these offshoots. 
I mean, well, in this case, it's not even offshoot of um, Catholicism. Right, it's, it's not. a different not. religion altogether that's yeah. still doing the same stupid thing. Right. But here's the thing is that, okay, so we, we I, I found one, at the, this is two this month, references to, um, to exorcisms that have killed somebody. That's just this month. Yeah. So how many didn't get reported? Yeah. And, you know, considering... How many, you know, how many exorcisms, like the one you were talking about, how many, how many of they concealed the body and gone on the run right i don't, I don't know throughout history you know yeah. we're now at a point where this news is getting out it's harder and harder to hide it um you know th- more than likely you know you figure two in one month there's probably hundreds a year that no one knows about right yeah. and just, you know and that's been that way for a while and at this point in history we know more than we ever knew before it's the internet so some of it's crap right and i have but- yet i have yet to see proof that an exorcism has ever worked but I have a lot of proof that they've killed people. Yep. So, Ian, tell us what your penile fixation was this week. <laughs> yeah, can I make I'm my sorry, penis bigger by watching? Oh, oh. Penile yeah. fixation. Let, 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 you need to watch the video okay. to activate your penile gland. Let, let me play this How psychic thing. are you feeling right now, Ian? Here it is. Oh, yeah, I feel it. It's growing. <laughs> Well, oh, I, yeah. I didn't actually watch the whole ten minute thing because about five minutes in, I'm like, "Oh my god, this thing is annoying." It's pretty uh, obnoxious, isn't it? Yeah. But you can get a full soul healing. I'm sorry. All I can think of is chariots of fire. Oh man, <laughs> what the? Ugh, so, that's obnoxious. Yeah. So watching the obnoxious video and listen to it is supposed to activate your pineal gland. Wait, wait. Is the pineal gland what becomes active when you're annoyed? <laughs> well, no, does it I, wait? Does it get does bigger it though? Can can I make it bigger? <laughs> well, I, I, I said okay. I want to look up and see exactly you know the the truth about what the pineal gland is. Pineal gland secretes a hormone that affects the um, your wake sleep pattern, and it is believed to have some you know in, in the mythical sense, it's believed to have something to do with your third eye, your energy vortex, and stuff. And it almost makes sense in why that would come about, because if it affects your wake sleep patterns, if it's messed up, you might be having dreams while awake. You know, it, it screws up your pattern. When you're not getting enough sleep and stuff, that makes you start having, you know, visits while you're awake. There's a link to that. So it's like, okay, I can see why people would think there's a link, because you screw it up, you're hallucinating. <laughs> so okay. I, I completely understand why there'd be a logical link. Now, why you would want activated to make yourself hallucinate, I'm not sure. Oh, I know why. But go on. Okay, for those of us who don't like to but then um, also if you There's a lot of at, people who like to hallucinate. There's a reference to Scatapat. I think it's pronounced Shaktipat or Saktipata. Saktipata. So anyway, I, I looked up that is that that's apparently the a Hindu concept of spiritual energy and um Basically, transferring it from one person to another. You don't even need to be around them. You don't need to see them or anything. You would just w- desire to transport your energy to them, to send it to them. And so apparently, that's related to your third eye and energy vortex stuff. Oh. And so all you need to do is watch that video, and it'll activate your penile gland, and then you'll be able to transfer energy through your third eye to whoever you think needs it. Excellent. I always wish the third eye was on the back of the head because I always wanted to see what's going on behind me. I think the penal gland is actually lower. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you guys feeling it? Yeah? Yeah? Uh, yeah, I'm still feeling annoyance. <laughs> <laughs> apparently really? my third eye is actually the one that is scowling. But apparently there are websites that will give you 
better ones of, to open you up even more spiritually just by watching these annoying images and listening to the annoying sound. And apparently that's all spiritual now. Wait, yeah. better websites on YouTube? <laughs> no. Come on. YouTube's Maybe you're got it supposed all. to be watching that in full screen, Brian. Oh, is that what it is? Is that the problem? Is that why it's not working for me? All right, I'll turn off. <laughs> all right. It's amazing what they can come up with. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? Here's so, the thing is that if you can sell this to somebody and you can make money, you know, whatever. Go. Yeah. Make money. How much? I All wonder right. how much they can actually so, make from this, though. But what brought you to the pineal gland this weekend? Um, I saw someone who I know is into all this stuff, linked to it on Facebook, and I checked out that video and watched them. I'm like, oh, my God. Do you, do you want to out them? Maybe it would be no, therapeutic uh, for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be good not out them. Uh, it's not your wife, is it? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. But the, the, he, he's uh, some of the other videos I've um, linked to for the podcast, he's been the one I found him through. Really? So wh- whenever I want to find something um, like this, he's generally a good one. Uh, he, he believes in the alien conspiracies. He believes in the Illuminati. He believes <gasps> in all that. Excellent. Well, By I know way, who it's uh, not. Something then. was drawn to my attention about our Facebook page Uh-oh. that I thought was kind of interesting and kind of cool. One of our members of the Amateur Skeptics Facebook page is Alan Dean Foster. Really? And we're actually up to 66 members now, so we're getting a yep. small following. I was there. more impressed with Richard Saunders, quite frankly, from the Skeptic Zone podcast, that he was hey, a member. Alan Dean Foster, that was a lot of hours in my childhood. Let's put I'll, I'll, put, I'll put Richard Saunders up against him any day. Alan Dean Foster is cool. I, wa- I read an awful lot of his books. Hey, he wrote the original Star Wars novelization and the first... Um, What's it called? Expanded the, Universe. The Splinter of the Mind's Eye, yes. All right, all right. Which I, I, I met him personally and have all those autographed, so. Okay. Wait, okay, one more time, guys. Anything? Annoyance. Brian, can't you feel the energy I'm sending your way? Yeah, and don't touch me there. I think you need to touch it more. <laughs> <laughs> or, or lower. <laughs> depending on where the pineal gland actually is. Oh, boy. <laughs> We got anything else, guys? If, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you activate this, do they send you to a penal colony? I'm just asking. It's a fair question. You know, I should start saying, as we're going through the boring stuff of the meeting, don't worry, there will be dick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they started pretty early with the sex toys, didn't they? They did. We're a classy podcast. Oh, man. All right. I think we're ready to get out of here. Oh, are you sure? Okay. And just just to let you know, I've actually already started Document 28 while we were on the podcast here. I just found a link that I'm like, we got to use that. All right. Is there anything else, guys? I think we're done. I think we're done. All right. I think, we're, I think we've, we've had our discussion of astrology for the year. No, no, we're not done. This is going to be a year-long thing. Okay. Yep, I'm going to talk about it all the time. Okay. All right, guys. Anything else? We're good. Good night. All right. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. For more information about the Amateur Skeptics, go to AmateurSkeptics.com. To send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults, feel free to contact us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website. You can leave a voicemail for the Amateur Skeptics Podcast at 720-295-7785. Music for this podcast was provided by OFM. To find out more about OFM, go to MySpace.com forward slash OFMHQ. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons No Derivatives 3.5 license. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast.